Welcome to Horror Court Trash Over, the show that discusses all of the masterpieces and trash the pieces of genre cinema. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And we have reached a new low on this podcast. Or a new height. <laughs> well, hey! <laughs> and we have guests here to talk about it. So today on the show we have two of our really good friends, two of our favourite people. Oh, actually one of them recommended his film, so maybe one of our favourite. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> And the the owners of two of the best film accounts on Instagram return to the podcast. It's Kim from Kim Cinema Escape and George from Tipsy Flicks. Hello. Hello. That was a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, uh, it was. Uh, me. In fact, Kim from Kim Cinema Escape that brought this film to our attention. Please tell us what we're talking about. It is Tall Girl, and recommendation is probably not the right word. <laughs> I would say so. Just getting that in there before. Yeah, uh, Tall Girl from 2019, Netflix original movie. And George, you, you have a pairing. I, I, brought, I brought a beer along for it. Um, it is called Tall Man's Wetsuit. Of course. I, sh- I assume Tall Girl could fit in a Tall Man's Wetsuit. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> brought a beer. Um, it is a double IPA. It's from the good people at Sure Shot Brewery. It's one of my favourite breweries. I... I didn't know what we were going into. Um, I just assumed we'd need something strong for this, so it is 8%. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, like, we needed something strong for that, what we've just experienced. Yeah. <laughs> Shall I crack it open? Shall we do Go it? for it. Second beer cracking on the podcast. The same person. There it is. That would be good for Phantasm. I thought this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's if that ever happens. Fant- pretend that this conversation <laughs> get it back on. Phantasm. We'll delete the episode. Phantasm, though, you go ice cream, pale ale, because he's an ice cream man. Oh, oh, okay. Good shout. Oh, they'll smidge oh. away some half for you, guys. <laughs> Thank Do a you. little taste test. <laughs> that might be me urinating. <laughs> Who's to say? Cheers, guys! Cheers! Well done on getting through clink, all clink. 104 <laughs> minutes of that. 104 minutes. 104 minutes. Oh, that's way better than the film. That's way. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Oh, that's, that's really that's nice. Yeah. That's actually really good. So no one about tall girl ever. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. That's the most positive thing we're going to say all episode. Uh, <laughs> this film is directed by uh, Zinger Stewart, who did Daisy Jones and the Six, which I hear is really good. Apparently, TV series. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Little fires everywhere from scratch. Which inventing is good as well. Yeah. In, inventing Anna, Pretty Little Liars, Maid, Gabby Duran, and the Unsittables, and more. They all TV. A lot of them are TV. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Pretty Little Liars. Camp, right? Yeah. What, what's the excuse yeah. with this well, we all have our good days and we have our bad days. <laughs> you know? Uh, written by Sam Wolfson. It sounds like a fake name and it could well be an AI. Uh, the writer of Finding Miss Wright, Andy Mack and Finding Carter. Right. Never heard of them. <laughs> no. None of them. No. And this film was made on a budget of $13.6 million. And I can't tell you how much it made because it was straight to Netflix. Definitely attacked, like, dodge that. Yeah. (laughs) The the budget, a lot of it must have went on the props. 
to uh, to make her a lot taller. Mm. Because yeah, the fun fact about this film, um, there are a lot of smaller props on certain angles, camera angles and such, to make it look like she's taller than she actually is. Yeah, yeah. she that's the, where we're at. The actress is tall. She is tall. But not as tall as the film would make out no. compared to everyone yeah. around her. Yeah. You know, they're acting like she's fucking Statue of Liberty. <laughs> <laughs> It's incredible. Yeah. Kim, as a tall girl, can, can we have your uh, opinions? Uh, for the, I mean, obviously we'll do an overall at the end of it, but yeah. before we start, let's let's get some opinions. Right, before I go into a rant, how short am I? As, hey, as much as you want, as or... much as you want. So we'll go with the fact that she does actually say she's only six foot one and a half in this film. All important which... half, is tall for a girl, but it's not like ridiculously tall. Mm. And I knew I know plenty of people taller than her that are girls, and most people are kind of around that height. Few smaller, lots of people way taller. They frame her like she is this like proper freak of nature, <laughs> like she is. Well, I said earlier, like Gandalf against the hobbits. Like yeah. it is insane. <laughs> And yeah, it's if she was meant to be six foot five plus, I'd get it. But she's she says she's only six foot one, so yeah, it infuriates me. <laughs> it's so insulting, and the casting call was actually for did you say five foot ten plus, Chris? Five foot ten yeah. plus, yeah. yeah. I could have been in that film, yeah. As of this <laughs> ridiculous, yeah. There's a good chance she'd have done a better job. Um, shall we talk about the cast? Yeah, in a section we like to call, Hey, I Know You. Ava Michelle uh, plays Jodie. Yeah. I'd say plays she tries. very loosely. Bless her. <laughs> she gives it a best shot. <laughs> she uh, is, of course, known for Dance Mums. Of course. Of course. Uh, she's she's a model mums. as well, despite, yeah. you know, model apparently actress. being hideous um, in this film. She's also in The Bold and the Beautiful, A Christmas Dinner. Tall girl too, taller girl, <laughs> and uh, musical short films, <laughs> Mamma Mia, This Is Me, and Zombies Two: The Collab. Zombies Two: The Collab. Zombies Two: The Collab. Yeah, not Zombie Two. She plays not the big zombie boss two. zombie yeah. at the end, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the unkillable one. <laughs> uh, and swooning after her is Griffin Gluck as Jack Dunkelman, star of Tall Girl Two: Too Tall, Too Girl. Why him? Just go with it. The lock, uh, lock and key, American Vandal, Silicon Valley, Cruel Summer, Big Time Adolescence, and more. He's he's been in quite a lot, a lot of Netflix stuff. His whole film is just Netflix algorithm name. Like, yeah, pick names out of a hat. Yeah, who's gonna be in it? Um, he also played Stuart Little in Stuart Little too. <laughs> Incredibly, yeah. Fucking serious. <laughs> <laughs> he's not actually that small in real life no. I know he looks that small in the movie but this is also what the film the does it, it makes Ava Michelle look like Andre the Giant you know, you know in the old Godzilla movies where there's someone like crashing around like a place yeah. they might as well have just done this that. is actually a kaiju film <laughs> a kaiju of a heart tall girl versus Kong <laughs> 
does. It it goes out of its way to make her look tall, but also to make everybody else look as small uh-huh. as possible. It's it it's not one or the other. It's Miniature village. <laughs> She can't be taller than every single person in her life, you know, because she's a six foot one and a half. There has yeah. to be, like, male or female, someone in her life who is taller. And this stick guy, even sometimes he's made to look shorter. Yeah. They say yeah. in it, only half the boys are shorter than you. But where are they in the school? Yeah. None of them yeah. are there because her head, she's head and shoulders above everyone yeah. else, literally, in every shot. Yeah. Um, Sabrina Carpenter acts like she's in a different film as Harper Grayman. Is that her sister? Her sister. Oh, yeah. Just shout out to Harper Grayman. Like, <laughs> abs. She's killing it. The whole film. Like, she made that film watchable. Yeah. yeah. Um... <laughs> I just. just no, yeah, she did. That's, that's when, she just tur- when she just turns on nothing, they're having a normal conversation, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, like, you shut up, you sit down, you do as I say. And then straight back to, oh, so how can we help today? Like, she, she's so hot and cold so with every conversation. <laughs> yeah, she unhinged is the right word. Just... She killed it, just not in this film. No, she did. If you'd taken that performance and put it in, what, Full Metal Jacket, then it wouldn't really work. <laughs> but in this film, not so much. Oh, it doesn't work, but it's, it's, it's watchable. It would be better anywhere else, but... Um, I'm glad it's here. <laughs> well, if you're a big fan of her work, you can also see her in Horns, Emergency, Work It, The Short History Lesson of the Long Road, The Hate You Give, Girl Meets World, and uh, Tall Girl 2, Pig in a City, and lots more. Pig in a City. And perfectly cast as her father is Steve Zane as Richie Crayman. Talk about Unhinged. I really, I'd like to see a spin-off where he's a serial killer because there's something not right about him. Oh, like, <laughs> usually you know, like, in all these films where, like, the teen comedy, you always know what the dad kind of does a little bit. Yeah. And there's nothing from mm. him other than just trying to make his daughter feel normal. That's <laughs> his job. He's like, I, don't, I think he says but it, like, he three it times. Terribly. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just trying to make you feel normal. Some of the things so I've signed you up to the freak show. Some <laughs> of the things he does is criminal. Like, yeah. legit. He, he goes off on one about running someone over, like, <laughs> past, past the point where it's a joke. He's like, oh, I'm going to run him over. <laughs> no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to actually fucking do it. Yeah, him and Sabrina Carpenter are in the same film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they did something else somewhere else and got green screened in. Honestly, we're, CGI. We're, we're cutting away to the wrong people. Like, we're going and following the tall girl at school. We should be going and seeing those two, what, what they're doing. doing in their Father day. and daughter killing spree. Yeah, but she does throw knives in the film she as well. <laughs> she's throwing knives and she's getting good at it towards the end. Oh, what yeah. was that film? The Loved Ones, was it? Yeah, it's... Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, God. <laughs> that is a... Yeah. Hopefully not the same father-daughter relationship as this. Um, yeah, uh, Steve Zane, star of Joyride, Rescue Dawn, Sahara, You've Got Mail, War for the Planet of the Apes, Diary of a Wimpy Kid, Reality Bites, Stuart Little, Tall Girl 2, The Tall Girl Strikes Back, and loads more. <laughs> is, is this off the cuff? Yeah, written these No, it's wow, off the cuff. Well done, Thanks. Mary. Thanks. Um, 
Anyone else that anyone wants to talk about? No, cast? actually. No one of Those known. are the main ones. No, but the dad was the only person I recognised. And yeah, yeah you yeah. listed a load of films where yeah. I've not seen any of them. So I don't know if I actually... Like, I definitely know him from I've somewhere. I've seen Reality Bites. Is yeah. he in White... Is he the guy in White Lotus as well? See, I've not seen Potentially. Oh, is he yeah. the dad in so. um, season... Oh, I think so. Um, oh, it doesn't list it here. But yeah. I'm sure he is, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, he was in Stuart Little. He was in Stuart Little, He yeah. was. Wow. That's so they knew each other. <laughs> <laughs> was he the other mouse? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, shall we uh, dig into our feature presentation? Now this is me. I like new Jody. Face your fears, Jody. Going after what you want, Jody. I've been in love with this girl since elementary school, and this new guy blows up my plan. You're moving in on my man. No, I'm not. Stay away from him. I will. Stop agreeing with everything I'm saying. Okay. We've all got something about ourselves we wish we could change. You're my big little sister. That's me. The only thing that we can control is how we deal with it. When you're a tall girl, it's, it's the only thing that people see. It's not the only thing I see. I just want to make sure that you don't get hurt. So Jodie Craman is a 16-year-old who has been tall for her, ha- her age since she was three, which has made her insecure about her whole life. They literally do the, like, Goodfellas. Ever since I was a kid, <laughs> I always wanted to be a tall girl. And they show her growing up being the tallest one in class the whole time. Yeah, students regularly joke about her height. Um, and we start with Janelle Monáe's uh, Make Me Feel. Poor Janelle Monáe. I know. Mm. Well, there's too many wonderful uh, musical artists being brought into this film yeah. for no reason. Yeah. Um Jodie has a chat with a guy in the library who really fancies her until she stands up and we get a uh, voiceover where she's like, you know, I'm the one they call the skyscraper. Daddy Longlegs, LeBron, that's me. I'm six foot one. (laughs) And a half. And a half. And a half. (laughs) Did the subtitles have brackets as well around that? Um, and they may have done. I I, I distinctly remember the subtitle saying, I'm six foot one. In brackets, and, and a half. half. <laughs> that extra half inch. Yeah, is that so extra important. half inch. Because who wants to watch a film about just a girl who's only six foot one? Yeah. Well, <laughs> <we> get... <laughs> so they're reading uh, a Confederacy of Dunces by John Kennedy Tall. Um, Jody is also incredibly intelligent as Obviously. well, um, and she gets the themes of the novel spot on. So she's helping <laughs> him out because he's thick. For some reason. Stylistically, they had yellow books only behind him, and then blue books behind her. Blue books. It's called art, Chris. Oh, sorry, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, but the the she says that the novel is about the protagonist who loathes the world around him because he perceives their intelligence to be lower, and therefore his greatest strength, which is his intelligence. It's also his greatest weakness because that's his inability to connect to those around him. That, in a good film, would be like, yeah, spot on. There's your themes. They've done it towards a novel, uh, you know, and all that. But in this film, it's clunky. 
Yeah. And I feel like a lot of these references to sort of like, oh, he go, we're really intelligent. We're referencing this novel that parallels the, the film or we're referencing this, that or the other that parallels what's happening because the name of the uh, high school is Ruby Bridges High School. And Ruby Bridges was the first black child to desegregate William France Elementary School in Louisiana during the New Orleans school desegregation crisis in 1960. The, the film's set in New Orleans, and it's one of my biggest pet peeves. Um, but this reference to a, a real sort of um, historical moment of desegregation, of um, overcoming prejudice and such, again, in another film, would have been really good. But in this, yeah. it's like... But this film's about a tall, rich, white, intelligent girl. <laughs> you know, why are we getting these references? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know who this is for. It's, I, it's I for 17-year-olds. Really... Like, it's just, it's it's so just by the numbers. And it just ticks the boxes as it goes along. I don't even think but then it's, it's No. No, like, I don't, like I feel. 12-year-olds, maybe. No, yeah. like, I feel like it's just, it's for people just, like, who are a lot younger than us, who are just going to throw... <laughs> throw a movie on on Netflix and be like, oh, it's a high school movie and just watch that in the background for a bit. And it's just it's just background noise. It just ticks the boxes it has to tick. Like we we were like we were talking about the ending, how like it just puts those people in the places that they have to be. But for no reason, because you can just look up from whatever else you're doing and be like, oh we're doing this bit of that movie now. Like it's, but then obviously like they're trying to like kind of comment on something, but it's just all getting lost in the algorithm. And it's kind of, it's like, it, like you said, like it's written by AI. It might as well be written by AI. It's, it's literally just, there's a checklist and this movie goes through it by the numbers. And it's, yeah. But the AI, so you've typed into the AI, we need a teen film yep. and we need it to be about overcoming prejudice and such but don't be too bad about it like but we, the we AI don't... has brought up tall white girl no, no 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 the AI hasn't brought that the AI kind of hit on all these points yeah. about the racial segregation in, in New Orleans and we were like mm, it's a bit it's a bit too heavy yeah. for, a, for a Netflix movie aimed at teens so like tone that back a bit and he's gone Someone who's tall. Can you imagine if Sam Wolf, if Sam Wolfson is actually a real guy and he listens to this episode? Like, well, what the fuck, guys? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not actually a robot. <laughs> I, 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 would, I would love to have a chat with a man. Also, if the film is for the teen market, which it obviously is, you know, twelve to sort of seventeen, go somewhere like that. Who there was going to sit there? Like, I really appreciated that reference to Confederacy of Dunces, <laughs> my favorite novel. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> Well, we get our first next. Week, we get our first instance of Jody's dad being really unhinged um, when he's at a meeting uh, with some. Uh, who was who was he with? Is he yeah. yeah. Oh my god! This is and uh, <laughs> talking about asking her if she ever yeah. Had kids. So they they say there might be complications later on in life of having children, and then he's like, "Well, uh, I mean, we don't even know if she wants kids. Let's ask her. Hey, do you want to have kids when you're older? She's fucking four years old in a flashback." And she still says yes. And she says yes. She just say yes. Yeah. But they, so they were asking if there was something they could give her to stop her from growing. Yeah. He was willing to risk her fertility for her to not be tall. Yeah. Mm. He's insane. Yeah. He's an awful, it's... awful 
dad. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, he might not want kids, but we don't want you to be too tall. Like, yeah. it's like she's going to grow up to be the Statue of Liberty. Like you yeah. say, like she's not that big. But what is this scene meant to do? What? How are we meant to feel about him as a father, but also her? How are we meant to feel about this? Yeah. That she just what goes is it trying to such say? Yeah. Well, <laughs> she she's she's just adversity. always being told that she's tall. But her like, father knows that people are going to be mean to her. Is that is that the message it's saying? That her father knows what society's like and knows that people are going to be cruel to her because she's taller than every, you know all the other girls around her. No, he's just crazy. Just <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's how it comes across, you know. I'm I'm trying not to intellectualize it too much he because thinks, I don't think the writers did. Um, he thinks that she's going to turn out to be some freak because none yeah, of them are yeah. that tall, and he's like, "What? Well, why is she so big? What's going to happen?" And thinking she's going to have health problems, physical mm. injuries, and problems that she's not going to live a fulfilling life, and that she's going to be hindered by being a bit over six foot. Yeah, but they all they all talk about. Like her always going to be tall because and she says like oh it's part of my genetics but then everyone's always surprised like the dad's not that tall you know I think the dad's if anything is on the shorter side and the, the mum's an average height but they t- but she talks about it as like oh well you know the genes the old family genes making me all tall but no one else is tall <laughs> until they invite all the tall people around but they just <laughs> spoiler alert. That's the thing. It's like, why is she so tall? And if she well, had did have some funny genes, she would be that six foot five plus really lanky, disproportionate, like medically labelled giant, so to speak. But she's not. Yeah, where's the cameo from? from like, a gra- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. like a grandparent, like the, the tall guy from Twin Peaks. Oh my god! Like, yeah. Andre, Andre, Andre the Giant, giant just comes just, in as as the as, as the granddad. granddad. Like, oh, I'm sorry, is- you're so tall. <laughs> they should have had what they should have done is had the dad be tall as well. Mm. Yeah. But her saying you don't understand because you're a man or something like that is different yeah. for a tall girl, and he'd be like, oh, but you know. But they didn't. They made him short and. Just completely delusional and needs to be locked up somewhere. <laughs> Some of my favourite <laughs> bits were me. <laughs> <laughs> my favourite bits of like forcing the perspective of like giving one character low angle shots and her <laughs> high angle shots come from the dad because they make him look crazy short. Like she, it's almost like she's leaned over him at times, <laughs> talking on top of him, and he's just like, "I'm just, try, I'm just trying to be a good dad." With this first scene in the library, when when she stands up and a guy realizes that she's hideous, um, completely backdoors it. Honestly, it is like a scene from a kaiju film. Like she rises up from this desk. <laughs> <There's> sound effects <laughs> and everything. Yeah, like a fucking monster. It is unbelievable. Can you imagine pitching this to the actress? Yeah, I, you can. Like, no, I can. I can, like, oh. I can picture it. I don't like the picture, <laughs> but I can picture it. But this this is the problem ultimately for me with the film is that. She is a, obviously a very beautiful young woman. Yeah. She did have this handsome guy in the library ask her out. So her genetics have just made her tall. Yeah. So she's tall, but beautiful. So the whole film treats her as if she is this hideous beast, but also not because mm-hmm. yeah. she isn't a hideous beast. She's a beautiful woman who just happens to be tall. Yeah. 
and that I think that that's your first scene of the film is mm-hmm. her in the library and it's that but I'm it, but it doesn't even like, it doesn't even get that metamorphosis right because I mean I've compared it to she's all that a couple of times where it is about like a high school film and like mean, mean girls where it's a high school film and like they're the unpopular one because they, they haven't got the confidence but then they find the confidence but even when she finds the confidence she's still like still the one like she never really finds the popularity she's still the butt of a joke with that new group of friends so it it, it just it just it's just never quite hitting the boxes it needs to hit. Yeah. And it is just saying, like, oh, well, she is just a tall girl. Like, there's the bit where she walks down the stairs and I was saying she's going to she's all about it. And they just never do it. They they, no. they they set up so much, but they never deliver on those points. There's a lot mm. of, like... And in the next scene, we're introduced to Farida, um, a character who really gets the raw end of it in this film. I mean, she is just shoved right to the side, and whenever she tries talking sense, she is shut down immediately. Is this um, the best friend? She's Jodie's best friend, yes. and she sticks up for her, and one of the many guys in school asks her how the weather is up there, uh, which appears to be the most popular insult in school. Everyone asks her it all the time. Do a shot every time it's someone just asks so, It just cuts yeah. deep, that, doesn't it, that insult? Yeah. It's just <laughs> scarring. <laughs> I think Honestly. that's also a problem with the film is because the target audience is quite young, they can't have... It, it always has to be in a joke instead of how's the weather up there. It always has to be a reference to tall figures or, you know, and such. Rather than what in real life the insults would be, which would be a lot harsher, probably include some foul language. Fuck you. Yeah. You and fucking tall yeah (laughs) but it would be it's kind of it's almost comical because it is the insults are just stupid yeah you know throwaway stuff Mm -hmm. but because they need to make it look like she's being bullied they have to have it repeated and repeated and repeated Mm -hmm. throughout because the insult itself just doesn't work like in in real life you know and i don't want to get too heavy with this but there would probably be some transphobia involved as well and oh, yeah. i think that would work better for us to be on her side there would be you know sort of references to to gender and such yeah because she's so tall but because this film is aimed at a younger audience they're not going to do that and it's netflix and you know they're not going to push boundaries are they on netflix so it just comes across as like Get over yourself. Just tell him to fuck off and be done with it. <laughs> yeah. Well, in contrast, Jodie's older sister Harper is of average height and has won multiple beauty pageants. And the only thing that stops her from being completely perfect is that she has allergies. And we're introduced to her when uh, Jodie says, this is my super hot sister. That's fucking weird. What is going on in this family? Someone gets social services around the house of this family because there's something not right. (laughs) Uh, Jodie's dad, the uh, quirky, (laughs) quirky nice guy that we all love, asks if she's if she's got any new health problems over dinner because tall people die young. Uh, And we get some exposition that she doesn't play piano anymore because she doesn't want to give people another reason to look at her. Oh no! What a shame. Yeah, she says all this in right in front of a chandelier. 
Uh, <laughs> like, the shot, like the chandelier is right next to her head. So I think this is the perfect time for me to tell you, uh, listeners, that her family is very rich. Yeah. Everything that happens in this film is in a giant house. Beautiful, clean, chandeliered house with a piano in the background. And she's there whinging and moaning (laughs) (laughs) about people making jokes at her expense because she's six foot one and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Jack Dunkelman, uh, a lifelong friend, and uh, he's the size of an action figure. Uh, frequently bugs her and asks her out, uh, but she's reluctant, partly because he's much shorter than her. It's not partly, though, really. It's the only reason. It was was partly at that point, but then, like, as the film goes on, that is the only reason. With his bloody milk crate. He continuously carries a milk crate around. They make a whole point of this milk crate. This milk crate... Uses it as a bag. He uses it as a bag. He uses it as a weapon at one point. He does. <laughs> I mean, not very well. No. <laughs> but he, he tries. 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 He, <laughs> he puts all his might behind that milk crate. That bloody milk crate. There's, that's where we get the first um, kind of proof that she's very shallow because he's like, you're really intelligent, you're beautiful, like, you're funny. And she's like, you're too short. Stop trying. Yeah. And oh my God, like, almost like, you know, height's an issue. If, I mean... Those in glass houses. You can't you can't be heightist if you can't while complaining about people being heightist. She says that dating a guy who's shorter than me will just bring attention to how much of a freak I am. Um so she's very self centered. Oh yeah, this is really she is horrible. She is horrific. She is one of the worst characters we've ever discussed on this podcast. But also, I just need to mention, this guy needs to take no for an answer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my As God. Like, does he is, not, like... But he needs to give it up, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Spoiler alert, they got together in the end of the film. Uh, but <laughs> this this douchebag needs to give it up. Stop asking. Because yeah. she even said, oh, he asks me every day to go out with him. Fuck off. It's that typical, it... like, friend zone trope, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. like, I'm so nice to you and I deserve to be with you because I've been here the whole time. Yeah. The only thing that makes it redeemable is the fact that she's so horrible to him. Yeah. Like, that in the end, he was actually nice to her. But, yeah, it's that typical trope. And, yeah, it, it's been in every teen movie you can think of. But, sadly, they can continue it. But, but in something like Pretty in Pink, it's more subtle. He's not... Obviously, we can all see it, but the... There's the potential that she's not seeing it because she only sees him as a friend. In yeah. this one, because the film loves to slap you around the face with a milk crate, um, it, <laughs> it's everything's so clunky. He, I, you know, he's asking every single day and being very direct yeah. about it. There's a moment saying, where no. there's a moment where she's talking to her friend and goes, "Oh, I think something's wrong. He didn't ask me out today." Yeah, and she goes, "Oh my god, is he okay?" <laughs> like. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so, not good behaviour. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's a very toxic relationship. Yeah. And and if this is you know, this is made for kids, this is a PG. Like people are gonna think that's okay to act like that, and it's like, come on. Mm. Twenty nineteen is not really an excuse. But he, they're desperately trying to make him uh the, the ducky of this film. I mean dunker dunkers and ducky. Yeah. The, Everything the, the down words to the, the, the blazer. The, yeah, the blazer and the badges. Oh, yeah. Did anyone catch what his badges said? I, I couldn't. Please no. date me, Jodie. 
<laughs> her face on the badge. How's the weather up there? <laughs> uh, Stieg Molen, a Swedish foreign exchange student who looks a lot like Jodie. Joins Jodie's class and she's immediately interested in him after he walks in and impresses everyone with his uh, impressive knowledge of, uh, of science. <laughs> Sorry, was it science? Was it Gary? <laughs> science. Yeah. He, he comes in and science is all over. Yeah, he sciences everywhere. He just... And everyone is impressed. Everyone wants a bit. Um, but especially her, especially Jodie. But he just walks in, he doesn't say a word. And just complete the equation it, it, on the board. It's yeah. not even an equation. It's, it's yeah. like a molecular like, <laughs> yeah. it's a molecular like, structure. Oh. He just comes in and he grabs the he grabs the chalk <laughs> off the teacher, writes what it is, and everyone just applauds him for having long blonde hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but not a single word spoken. No. no. Which when he does speak and the accent comes out, I realise why. They didn't have him speak straight away. <laughs> yeah, so although the character is from Sweden, the actor is very much American. And uh, it is very obvious throughout. This accent is... It's a terrible yeah. He's no Meryl Streep. No. Um, I, I said while watching it, it's it's Tommy Wiseau and Greg Sestero in one person. Like, like, <laughs> That's giving him far too much credit. It's... No, like... It, <laughs> No, do you know what it is? It's Greg Sestero doing an impression of Tommy Wiseau the whole time. Um, yeah, I, I feel like they're both better actors than this guy. He, he's terrible in this. Um, Jodie's bully, Kimmy Stitcher. Oh my god, I've just how many fucking characters are in this film? Jimmy, uh, Jimmy, Jodie's bully, Kimmy uh, Stitcher, starts showing Steeg around, and uh, we get a flashback to her bullying Jodie when she was younger. Yeah. <laughs> I was at the big hand in the clay yeah. when there's like all the kids' hands in the clay. And she's it's the like, same size as all the other children. Her hands are massive. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like a massive hand. They've definitely got an adult. And it's like definitely just a big man's hand. Like there's a guy holding a boom, getting a bit of clay on the, on the stick from, like, from just him being my hand. Well, Duncan tells Jodie she shouldn't date Steeg because they're both so tall that it leads to having a complicated birth when she gets pregnant. Oh my god, Cheery. I missed that. Oh, did that you not? The, the whole cesarean monologue. No. Seriously. If you do have a baby, we're going to have to take that thing out the side door. We're going to have to cut you up and there'll be blood everywhere. Oh, and you're yeah, going to die. You'll be hideously disfigured from having a baby yeah. removed from you. <laughs> Like it was, oh mate, it was like a cesarean. Yeah, like the most just like horrendous thing that has ever happened. I switched off early. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It was. He's bad. a fucking creep. I mean, yeah. The thing is, she's horrible to him. She's horrible to everybody. But he is a creep as well. He is. He's pretty horrific. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's only one likable character in this film. The sister. Yeah. They're the best friend. No. I mean, the sister. <laughs> Defending her? No, I'm not defending her. She's like a terrible person, but she's likable. Like, <laughs> I would watch a whole movie of. She's of fit. Her. Okay, she's attractive. But she could throw a knife at you. Yeah, at you. She's almost perfect if it wasn't for those allergies. But I she's know. It's such a shame. It's true. Duncan is distressed to learn that Steve will be staying at his house um, as his family's hosting him. 
How did he not know about that, by the way? <laughs> I know, yeah, he knew nothing about that in the morning. Then this guy just showed up. <laughs> oh, yeah, by and the way, you're going to be sharing a bunk bed with this guy. <laughs> and we didn't tell you that it was going to happen. He's already flown here. He's in the car. <laughs> he's, hiding in, he's hiding in a passenger seat. <laughs> and he pops up. Hello. <laughs> After Stig's first day of school. So would yeah. it not be for Stig's comfort as well? better him knowing that Dunkerman was at the school. So he's yeah. just been interacting with this guy the whole day. <laughs> oh yeah, by the way. Where... By the way, I you know, you. we're now sharing a bedroom. I sleep underneath you. <laughs> we're going to be, you know, shitting in the same toilet sometime soon. Nice to meet you. He's already been. He was there in the morning. <laughs> Is it established that Dunkerman has two parents? Because only his mum is featured... They're rarely home. Because it's a really... Because he only mentions his mum as well later on when she goes on a yoga retreat. Um, <laughs> we'll get to that. Um, but I was like, oh, single parent household. Look at this lovely house that they've got. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but then, spoiler alert, his dad features in the um, sequel. trailer for the sequel. Mm. Ah, see, I missed that. It was obviously cut from the... Uh... Cut, yeah. yeah. That and the uh, incredibly large grandparent... <laughs> Got cut. Yeah. Dunkerman's dad and <laughs> Jolly Green Giant. <laughs> um, Harvard does some musical glass thing on uh, Nola News, and uh, about that, complains yeah. that she's looking far too fat, and she has to watch her carbs. <sighs> she is very skinny, um, and I'm sure that's the joke, but. Yeah. Yeah. Again, yeah, it's definitely the joke. The but... film's trying to say something that everybody has their own insecurities. Mm-hmm. Every everyone has their own issues that they're trying to get over. Mm-hmm. And I, I understand that, you know, from a cinematic perspective, <laughs> that that's what they're trying to get at. But it just doesn't work. No. Because it's shit. <laughs> yeah. It's clunky and it slaps you around the face with it and it's like a little bit of nuance here, guys, you yeah. know? I mean, as we were saying about the allergies earlier, and then the tall girl says that her sister would be perfect if it wasn't for the allergies, but then the sister's just worried about being fat when she's not. Yeah. Is it saying yeah. that, you know, like, she's worried about being tall, but she's not really? And, like, I'm the trying to defend it. I'm trying to, I'm trying to defend house. it. The calls are coming yeah. from inside the house. And, um, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe we um, should all just... Stop worrying about it, guys. That is the message of the film, like, but it's, it's just but it's, it's, it's like you've really got to you got to squint and like look through everything. But no one really says that to her. Yeah. Like, who cares if you're tall? No one says that to no. her. They're just like you are tall. You are tall, it. so you have to deal Use with it like it is a bad thing. Not like it. you are like a gorgeous Amazonian woman who would like steal a room that ev- whenever she walked into it. Mm-hmm. They're like, you are tall, but. Like, no, that's not... Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But it should be something that she learns... Well, she does learn to embrace it, I guess, kind of. But it's like it's, a well, in spite of that type of deal. Yeah. I, I feel like Jodie's a character... The, the whole point is that she cares too much about what other people think. Yeah. It's something yeah. that she can't change. And her relationship with her um, height is based around how other people perceive her. Mm. And, you know, going back to Confederacy of Dunces, you know, her greatest asset is 
her weakness because she cares about what other people think. She cares too much about other people. Whereas, you know, her height makes her a beautiful pianist. You know? <laughs> As we'll find Apparently. out later. But, you know, and she needs to embrace that, but she needs to not care about what other people think because other people are always going to be shitty. That's mm. always going to exist. The problem is, another spoiler, is at the end of the film, everyone learns to embrace it and really support her. Mm-hmm. You know, so she hasn't really learned the lesson because everyone else's reaction has changed. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. It's mm-hmm. meant to be her realising that there are going to be assholes in the world and she can't change that as much as she can change her height. She can't, you know, but she gets a rousing round of applause at the end of the film from everyone. It's like, oh, they've changed, but she was meant to change as well. But she doesn't even get up and play piano in front of everyone. It sets up this piano. Uh, Yeah. And again, this is what I'm talking about. It's like, it sets up something yeah. and it goes, oh, she's a really good pianist. So like yeah. any other film would have had her get up on stage and play the piano mm-hmm. and that bring everyone together oh, yeah. and be like, look, it doesn't matter if you're tall or short. You can, <laughs> they missed we the can whole all... talent show yeah. storyline. Yeah, they really did. And yeah. instead she just gets up and grabs a mic that's unattended. Yeah. And like, <laughs> just... but, so like nothing's ever... Yeah, there's so much set up and yeah. never any payoff uh-huh. apart from the milk crate. Well, <laughs> Jody asks Harper for help uh, getting Steak to notice her. And when she mentions he's a Swedish exchange student, uh, in the bizarre series of events, Harper's like, okay, just walk away, walk away, forget we ever had this conversation. And she is fuming. She's absolutely horrified that he's a foreign exchange student. Yeah, I'm assuming she because she goes on a, a whole she thing. She tells a story about an yeah. uh, exchange student that she had a crush on. Diego, and she she su- suggests that um, Jodie would need to go all the way to get a foreign exchange student. Oh, this yeah. is where she's always first... so popular. This is where she first snaps. Like we're talking, like oh my god, I was <laughs> I can't I couldn't wait for the day for you to come to me yeah. and talk to him about boys. Oh my god, who's the boy? Like what are we gonna do? And then he goes, oh, it's a foreign exchange. And she's like, no, you need to walk away right now. Drop it. Stop. Go. Bad. And then she's like, and then as soon as she's gone on that little 10 second rampage, it's like, so are we friends? Well, she's like, oh yeah, I met Diego. I'm hairless. There's a little guitar strum as well. Yeah. Sweat, smell like cappuccino, light foam. All the girls wanted him. It was war. I found like Custer at a battle of the Borge. Yeah. Um. Then, um, obviously she's got her American history wrong. Jodie corrects her because she can't help herself. And uh, <laughs> Jodie says to her, Nunes Community College makes you take an American history class? Uh, like a real condescending bitch. <laughs> My... she, yeah, she's constantly condescending with her sister. Yeah. Like, place that she's stupid. So she's trying to, and I guess there is a bit stupid, but it's rude to point it out. Yeah. And she does throughout the whole film. And it's like, I don't like you. No. This story is about, it's called Tall Girl. You know, you are the tall girl of the film. 
I don't like you. You're mm. horrible. She's what? awful. I'm not invested in your story because you're actually a bit of a bitch. And she's Why constantly so miserable. She's, she's always miserable. Always mm. miserable. Um, when Harper says, go all the way, did you interpret that as have sex? No. Okay. No. I... Oh, I did. <laughs> That's highly inappropriate. I read it as her needing to just forget about all the noise around it, just go full in straight to like yeah. talking to him and asking about herself and not worrying about all the other girls kind of thing. But Yeah, I read it as like you need to go all the way in like committing to this whole circus of events that's yeah. about to go down. You can't just half ass it. Yeah, You've got to gotta... really go for it. And it's going to be cutthroat out there. Oh, okay. Because girls are so competitive with each other when it comes to getting boys. Right, okay. I thought she suggested she loses her virginity to him. <laughs> <laughs> In a PG? Well, <laughs> don't worry. There's a PG way of saying it. I mean, if we missed the subtext, uh, the, that's, the, that's what There's no nuance in this film, so I fully believe <laughs> that isn't what she meant. <laughs> it says more about me than it does the film, clearly. Well, Kimmy and Stieg recreate uh, Ghost. Oh my in, god, in pottery oh my god With Unchained Melody and everything. Uh, they're in a pottery class. Jodie watches them, and Dunkelman's watching her, watching them, and a girl called Liz starts talking to him. And I shit you not, she says, hey, uh, I've been watching you the last few weeks and your painting, it's really good. We see his painting. It's a fucking mess. It, it's the it's the best reveal. <laughs> <laughs> it zooms it's, out to it's, show it's, us. No, it, it's because you, you're, you're looking at him face on painting his canvas. So you, you're looking at the back of the canvas and he's like, I've been watching you paint. And it reveals what just looks like a toddler <laughs> eating paint it's, and sneezing. It's awful. It's, it's like just it's so blue. bad. Yeah. It's just missing some little orange streaks. dry pasta on it or yeah, something. It, yeah, it's, it's missing uh... macaroni glued onto it. And then <laughs> and then she said this and then it and then it cuts to a wide of her painting and it's actually pretty good. And like she's she's done this like little intricate and I'm like I'm like, there's no way that No. If they've got if they've got someone on hand who can make a painting look like that, the one you compliment should look better. Mm-hmm. I love how if they just swapped them round, yeah, so that the, he's actually got the good one, and she's like, "Oh, this old thing with the macaroni on it, like but you're actually quite good." I love how when the AI wrote this, they were like, "What's what's really going to get Gen Z interested? A ghost macaroni reference." <laughs> <laughs> almost thirty years old. Let's get a ghost reference in there. People would really appreciate that. Um, I, I don't have in my notes, hey, bro, do you want this on? Oh, no, this is um, when she's throwing knives, Harper, and she's like, okay, no, I need to, to pull this guy. And she's like, hey, bro, do you want this or not? And it's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? She, she throws a knife, doesn't she? She, she just throws, yeah. it's like she throws a knife and then turns around and storms towards her. Yeah. Throws a knife, turns around, hey, bro, do you want this or not? <laughs> And then again, casually drops it. Yeah. Turns around like nothing's happened to throw another knife. Yeah. Harper and their mother, they give Jodie a complete makeover, which you get a montage for. And uh, we see early on, there's some ruffles at the top um, in this outfit. We don't see the whole thing because it's going to be a big reveal later on. Uh, Looks like her best Pennywise outfit. Yeah. 
I would just be like, Pretty in Pink, she makes mm. her own dress. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a big reveal. That had did that have ruffles around the neck? It may have done. I feel like this film, and you may have already know you know, noticed this yourselves. Maybe I'm a little behind. But this almost feels like it's trying really hard to be a John Hughes film. Yeah. Yeah. Like the the really wacky sister that kind of doesn't actually make any sense. The you know privileged kids, the ruffles, um, Ducky, Ducky. Yeah. So this could have been actually a good parody of those films because like, John Hughes doesn't work. You can't do a John Hughes film now. Mm. You can't do that because of you know. Well, you can. It's called Do Revenge. Well, yeah, but we're in a completely different generation now. A lot of John Hughes films are quite problematic in, in mm. their sort of subject matter. So you can't do that now. Um, but this film tries to do it when it should have been a parody of that. Yeah, but but again, it's always like they've, they've seen those boxes to be ticked mm. from a John Hughes movie yeah. and just gone through and ticked them off. And without any hint of irony, just gone, okay, mm. we'll have the big empowering speech here. To hear, we'll have like yeah. we'll have the wacky best friend with the milk crate here, and like, but they don't know why they're doing that. They just or they they're just going through a formula. They're not yeah. trying to add to the formula. They're not trying to like comment on the formula. They're just doing it because they've seen that formula work, and it's just gonna go up on Netflix, and it's not gonna get like a big cinema release. So like, just throw it on there, and some people will watch it, and then you know like we find we all like have a lot to say about it but like it's it's not it's, it, this film really isn't like for this no this film is just it's to go on the back it's to go on in the background of like kids doing other things that they're doing and like it's it's weird to kind of actually sit down and actually watch it as a film because like honestly it's not the film this isn't a film this is this is background noise this is this is ai generated background noise I'm sure that um, Ava Michelle wanted to make it as like a point because didn't she have some issues about her being tall and everyone on Dance Moms or something? Mm, yeah. She wanted to make this as like, a, to make a point. And that's yeah. why she's in it. And I'm sure, like, I was trying to find it online quickly before this, but I couldn't find it. But I'm sure I've read that before when I hate watched it the first time. <laughs> and it's like... But she didn't write it. It's not. She didn't write it, no. but she was attached to the beginning of the production of the project. So yeah. maybe she just found the project and was like, "Oh, I was tall. But I'll the... be tall." And then, like, you've always I mean, got it's one all about boy. me. Yeah, like, oh. it's a, it's a, there's a story all about me about being me. <laughs> there is a case for that though, and we're not saying that you know, women who are taller have not had these kind of jokes. Mm. And mm. this kind of, you know, bullying at school or, you know, anywhere really, you know, I worked at a, a pub for many years and the amount of men who'd have a few drinks and decided that they could speak on, you know, women's bodies is incredible. Mm. So this isn't, we're not downplaying that side of it, but it doesn't work in this context because of everything else. So... It, it's the fact that she is a, a beautiful girl, the fact that she is privileged, a wonderful pianist, incredibly intelligent, you know, all of those other things kind of downgrade the, the tall part of it because it, 
it kind of negates her as someone who, the word I'm looking for, um, well, it, there's prejudice against her. Because yeah. there's also some wonderful things going for her. And it, it it's frustrating because Especially there is with a the case. Setting yeah. As well. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's like you've got all these things, you're a very privileged person and you live in New Orleans. Yeah. Where there's a lot of issues mm-hmm. and it's like the I can't even the ignorance of it is mm, just yeah. mind blowing. It's horrendously offensive. Yeah. <laughs> because it is. of that. Yeah. Um but even so, I think the way that they, as I was saying earlier, they don't frame being tall as something that's actually a good thing. They're mm. like, no, you, you're still a good person despite that. Mm. It's not a bad thing. And yeah, some people have jokes made about them. I never did. I don't know anyone that did. I don't. I can't imagine the bullying of being tall is that horrendous across the board. Some people will probably get it, but... They frame it like it's a horrendous downfall to someone's life. Yeah. yeah. But what they should be picking on her for is the fact that she's an absolute fucking dick. And she's horrible <laughs> yeah, to everyone. Yeah. And she's so self-centered. Like, there's so much more they can make fun of her for. Like, honestly, the heights doesn't even come close. I mean, again, like, as you were just saying, like, the height's not an issue. It's always just said, like, you're a nice person despite this. But you could make a film about anything could make a, a film called Big Ears and it'd be exactly the same and like a whole film where someone's just picked on a little bit because they've got big ears like I, like we've all got like everyone's got like a thing like, like you know it's not really that big of a thing but there is like massive it's not a social issue like the the, the tip toppers yeah. the tip toppers where it almost <laughs> tries to make it a social issue it's just weird it's very like, weird it's, it's always strange. like oh you know tall people unite we're all coming together and but you know there are films out there about um about like racial prejudice about like trans prejudice like you know it's got something to say whereas this it's just it's like it's hitting those marks but it's just going, oh yeah she's a bit tall yeah like yeah so it never it never hits and it never lands. But... No. Well, Kimmy and Schnipper uh, prank call Jody while she's at home in a Michael Myers bowler suit, and <laughs> they, <laughs> they they pretend to be Stieg and uh, start asking her to the homecoming. And then after they reveal themselves, also Schnipper does a much better <sighs> accent oh, than the actual actor. Um, after all that, they're like let's face it, Jody, you're the tall girl. You'll never be the pretty girl. What? <laughs> Has anyone ever seen a fashion show? Ever? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, honestly. Schnipper, there with his basketball, like, haha, prank you, got you. And then, like, he comes around, like, two minutes later. And yeah. Like, oh, actually, you've let your hair down. Because she puts a little makeup <laughs> she puts yeah. a bit of makeup on. Puts a bit of blusher on. And, oh, my God. Like, Schnipper's all over it. Like, what the fuck off you? And also, she was getting chatted up in the library. Yeah. Yeah. She's, like... <laughs> she has four people in this film who fancy her. Four yeah. in the time frame of what, mm-hmm. like a month, if that. Yeah. Farida has no one, by the way. Farida has like nothing. Like no one's interested in Farida. I know what we don't see about Frida. Frida's <laughs> living her best life. She's <laughs> living a Robin fantasy, isn't she? She's she... dancing on her own. <laughs> She's just there to like give people advice. That's all she does. Yeah. She's there to prop other people up. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the phone call knocks her confidence some more and she doesn't go ahead with a new makeover um, when she goes to school. 
Steve tells Dunkelman that he doesn't understand why everyone wants to be his friend and uh, why everyone fancies him. Why Kimmy would want to date him because he's so ugly back home in Sweden. He's just ducky back More home. More privilege. Because yeah, he, he says that in Sweden, he's the short guy. Because everyone in Sweden... <laughs> <laughs> everyone in Sweden is it's so tall. stupid. He's like... Because he is... What, slightly shorter or is he taller than Jody? I think or... he's slightly taller. Than it depends where the camera taller, is. Yeah. <laughs> it depends where they've decided depends to place the it. camera. How like steep what the point hill they is that they stood on. <laughs> to uh, Frida's frustration, Jody hides in the bathroom to avoid Kimmy. She tries giving her an inspirational speech whilst wearing a t-shirt that just says Queen, because people in this film just wear t-shirts that just say random words. But um, the t-shirt gets commented on. She it gets does, complimented. Yeah. They they throw this as just like, oh god, she needs a t-shirt. Uh-huh. Has to be blank. Throw some on it, queen. <laughs> and, then, and, and and then it gets complimented. Like if you're gonna, if again with the with the painting, if you're gonna have something that it gets complimented, have the decency yeah. to at least try and make it uh-huh. a How, bit good. If if her name was Judy. And she had the word name Judy on her t-shirt. Would be living for it right now. Okay, yeah, this no, isn't this isn't sleepaway camp. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's 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 a t-shirt that they've gone down to the t-shirt press and just got like, oh, Queen. Queen. she designed it herself. The whole point is she the the one Q, little bit of character cues are on offer if you buy a U, so yeah. we'll get Queen. And then like, but I swear the cue was peeling off that t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> And it was implied that she'd made it herself, and she goes, "Oh, that's one of my favorite designs. I like that." Like, but, yeah, but Jody's... she watched it at forty. That's yeah. the problem. J- Jody's in the bathroom. She's like, "Oh, you don't get it. You, you'll never understand." Blah, 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 whatever. Um, I mean, saying that to Frida as well, stuff like that. It's kind of like, oh, wow. Yeah. So this this film is set in New Orleans, where there is a long history of economic. Struggle, yeah, particularly within racial divisions, you know, and there's a huge difference between, you know, black and white mm. in, in New Orleans, and this is where the film's set, and you have this tall white girl telling Frida, uh, a a black girl, that she doesn't understand, yeah, what it's like to mm. deal with, you know, this um. Uh, prejudice <laughs> and it's it's incredible it's it's absolutely incredible and Frida how I love her as a, as a character but I hate the way she's written because she is just the black sidekick who is there to prop up this white girl mm-hmm. yeah and she gets the only character development she gets is that she makes her own clothes her clothes are fucking awful so yeah I mean, that, that's, that's great, unfortunate too but that's all she gets and it Really, royally pisses me off. Well, and this it's yeah, a huge problem I have. With I mean, girl. she's yeah. she's trying her best to prop her up in this scene, and then she starts flushing the toilet so she doesn't have to listen to her. So, oh my god, you're awful! You are just such a terrible person. It's a good move to never piss the toilet. Just <laughs> flushing the toilet over people. I've never thought of that before. No, she'd have a giant shin. Climb over and see it. She's like, I'm better get her in the bag in case she comes in. Two, two flushes. <laughs> But again, it's toilet like it's one of the only instances of toilet humor I've seen not land. 
like that's just like solid toilet Would humor. Classic toilet, toilet humor. Yeah, it's, it's literally toilet. a joke about a toilet. Well, I suppose like, when you put it like that. That's but it's not. It's not toilet. <laughs> actual toilet humor. You don't get that much in films. Actual toilet, actual humor. toilet humor. But it didn't land. It didn't laugh. I'll always just give a, any toilet humor. I'll always be the one going like, Ugh. like because it, it, it's, it's toilet humor. Like. So if there was a shit in there and it was a two flusher, <laughs> would you have laughed? I mean, if I, I don't, I can't. I mean, laughter and we said it, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, toilet humor. It's just toilet humor, toilet humor. But that was toilet humor, and it didn't land. Like she's flushing a toilet. Usually, I'd be like, flushing toilet. <laughs> like, but it's just, it's somehow, it's somehow, it's somehow just not. Funny. I bet you loved Psycho. The first ever scene no, of someone flushing like, the toilet oh, on screen. Hysterics, mate. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so Janet Lee flushed the toilet. <laughs> like, toilet humour is the best humour. But imagine, like, just putting a bit in there and it just not landing. Like, she's flushing to- She flushes it three times. She did put a bit in it, that's why she's flushing twice. We <laughs> <laughs> oh, old double flusher. <laughs> well... Something that is funnier than toilet humour is this next scene where she stumbles across Steve playing the piano. He's doing really bad. So she's like, oh, just relax your fingers. And then all of a sudden he's amazing <laughs> at piano. They join hands and he's like, yeah, you got big hands. Well done. And then They Tarzan and Jane it, don't they? <laughs> they do. It's like, how big are your mannish hands? <laughs> And then same we Tarzan and Jane and we're like, oh my god, we're like the same size hands, let's play piano together. <laughs> and just... stare into each other's eyes well, she like just... we've been playing piano forever. <laughs> she discovers he has sheet music for the musical Guys and Dolls. And she's like, wait, is that Guys and Dolls? And he's like, wait, you like musicals? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> like groundbreaking. Literally in that voice. <laughs> and... Uh, he encourages her to join him and they sing the duet I've never been in love before from Guys and Dolls. The g- This girl who's had such a difficult life has a 10 out of 10 musical voice, rich parents, and she's amazing at piano. <laughs> really? Just a shame she's a bit too tall, isn't it? Just a shame yeah. she's tall. <laughs> Kimmy, wearing a t-shirt that says Sassy. Is it like a two-for-one sale on like one-word t-shirts that day? Queen and Sassy. Queen, Queen and Sassy. Sassy. There was definitely more of those were the two I noticed. That's me and Gary's uh, next out. Halloween. Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be Sassy. She uh, she walks in on them and she starts doing a slow clap. And uh, Steve's like, oh, this is my girlfriend, Kimmy. And it's like... <laughs> it's amazing. There's, there's never been the least... Like, like no need for a, a slow <laughs> clap and she does it like she's just caught them unveiling her plan to take over the world and she, she walks in well 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 look who's playing piano together um but yeah apparently he's a girlfriend all of a sudden i mean it was only like two scenes ago but he was like i can't believe she wants to date me but now she's his girlfriend somehow um, Jody, in a bizarre series of events, Jody finds her father as organised a Tip Toppers Tall People Club meeting in their house. I, yes, that's, you heard right, a complete club that looks like a cult of, um, tall people gathered in the house to, uh, make her feel more normal. They're all wearing, it's not, it's not a beret, it's like an army. The army hat. Yeah. Like the but it says Tip Toppers, yeah. I, uh, shade of blue. Yeah, yeah, and it not. says tip toppers on it, and I, I looked immediately. You can't get them on eBay. 
Which is a shame because I would have. Make your own. I will. Well, I'm getting my Queen <laughs> t-shirt printed. Don't I'm getting a tip toppers. Wash on a cool the wash. The idea of a tall club is just... <sighs> it's incredible. I can't... Why would that exist? <laughs> it's, it's about celebrating differences. So I assume that these people, they're celebrating their differences and they sing a song. Um, what's it to the tune of? The national anthem. It's, it is, isn't it? Oh my yeah. god, they sing the yeah. national anthem, but it's all about being tall. About yeah. being tall and about how difficult it is on airplanes and such, and you know, being larger and fitting into spaces. Which I I kind of understand where this is coming from, and people embracing the tallness and embracing the fact that they stand out because of it. I do understand that. But the song is so fucking stupid. <laughs> so ridiculous. And also the fact that they sing a song based on how they can't fit into places. But there's 24 of them in this giant house. <laughs> and it just goes to show just how big this house is. Joint second. Because now they've got the 24, mm. they're now joint second for the biggest tall people club. Which implies that these tall people clubs are against <laughs> each other. But it's almost like... Like a, their clans oh, who are true. at war yeah. against each other, so like they can't be that inclusive. If it's like oh, where the tip toppers don't. But it come shows how it. many of them there are mm-hmm. as yeah. well. Yeah. Yet she's that tall compared to everyone else around 24. her. So Twenty-four. Like that's fifty between two and third place. Like it's like that one tiny little bit. Well, no, but like in just their small little bits. But then that one woman doesn't embrace it. She's like, oh, it sucks being tall. Yeah. yeah. Like, Everyone's talking about how shit it is. <laughs> and it's like, what is... Oh, I just don't get it. But yeah. hilariously, she then hits her head yeah. on uh, yeah. the door frame as she walks past it after saying how shit it is to be tall. So then you're like, oh, maybe it is shit. Like, are you like, making what, fun of tall people is, now? Is this, like, what is this? Like, she's just said how shit it is, and then she gets a concussion <laughs> because she's so tall. I'm like, oh, wait, what? I thought we were embracing being tall. I thought mm. we weren't hating it. Like, where is this going? That massive house with massive high ceilings. I know, door yeah. Frames yeah, yeah. Tall. yeah. <laughs> well, Jodie doesn't take too kindly to this, and she storms off, and uh, her dad's like, oh, don't be mad at me. I thought it'd be nice to meet with other tall people to let you know it's okay. I just want you to feel normal. You seriously need to get some fucking parenting lessons. You, you have issues. And again, that's the problem. The, what they call tip-toppers, the whole idea of them is embracing what makes them different. Mm-hmm. And then he's saying, oh, you're just normal. Well, no, she's not normal statistically. And she needs to embrace that. Yeah. Like the mm-hmm. tip-toppers are. Well, she does some. Hate that <laughs> she does some research on uh, height reduction surgery whilst fade into you by Mazzy Star plays. Oh, second podcast film this month. One of my favourite songs of all time. What a disservice to Mazzy Star. <laughs> uh, Stieg calls, and at first uh, she thinks it's another prank call, and she tells him off, but he invites her to watch Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. That's what we think it is. Yeah. Yeah, that is what we think it is. If anyone else, don't don't come for us if it's not, but that's what we thought it was. <laughs> yeah, everyone knows better than... She threatens to kick him in his tiny nards with yeah. her size 13 Nikes. Mentioned for the third time, the size 13 Yeah. 
I didn't really like the body shaming of people with small nuts. <laughs> you know, if we're talking about embracing what makes they're us only different... Sm- they're only small compared to her size 13. So, perhaps, <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know. What about all this Perspective. Nuts and testicles, aren't they? Yes, they <laughs> yeah. are. Yeah. Okay. What about people with small nuts, you know? She's about embracing sizes... <laughs> Well, she turns up. Don't say embracing nards. Uh, when I was saying like, embracing nards, what about embracing? So nards? I am understanding what nards are. Aren't I? She, uh, <laughs> she she's an American. Wolfman's got nards. Oh yeah. <laughs> she turns up to Duncan Men's house and he becomes jealous when he uh, he realizes she's just there to see Steve. Of course she is. Are you serious? Of course. Well, she, she, he didn't call around, did, did he? No, exactly. Like, Why <laughs> yeah. she randomly show up? Because he, that's what he does. Well, he yeah. randomly shows yeah. up at people's houses. <laughs> Hilariously, he's playing an online game with a Japanese friend. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the game called? Can anyone remember? No. Battle Royale. Yeah, battle Royale. Royale. I was just playing really? a Battle Royale. Yes. Yeah. Which is the Japanese film, Battle Royale. So Fight to was... the death. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Duncan's home also has some beautiful chandeliers. Of course. Just thought of course. I'd like everyone to know that. <laughs> Um, yeah, he continually, he constantly interrupts their evening. Um, but as Steve escorts Jody home, they have a kiss after a, a really enlightening conversation where he says, are you serious? Being tall is great. And she's like, yeah, well, when you're a tall guy, it's great. When you're a tall girl, it's all people see. No, it's not. It's not. <laughs> but it could be. It, it's, again, it, it, we're not, not like, you... I'm not saying that, this isn't a story that doesn't need to be told no, but for necessarily. Her. But for her, but it's not for what her, <laughs> for this character, it it's not. It it's yes, it's a few jokes, but she's the one bringing it up more. Yeah, than yeah. <laughs> she's constantly being told how amazing she is, how smart she is, how beautiful she is by like everyone, all the other characters in there. But yet she's just tall and just like but, that's all you see about yourself and there's the popular girl who once when they were kids told her she had big hands who is actually <laughs> like, in, in flashback I mean, I, I, mean, I, I mean actually like comes over and he's like look like my mate might actually like you like do you want to come <laughs> with us on, on Friday night <laughs> like everyone's dead nice to her yeah but that's the thing the Kimmy character is yeah. threatened by her because she doesn't want her to take yeah. Steve away from her yeah. and then, she's like what are you trying to yeah. do? Why are you trying to take it? Because she clearly sees it. She's like a model. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. Later on, feel, whilst feeling guilty, Stieg asks uh, Duncanman for advice and he tells him to focus on being with Kimmy. Can we, like, while they're in their bunk beds. <laughs> in <laughs> yeah. that massive house. Yeah, in the massive house. Yeah, they're, they're just, they're sharing bunk beds together and he's crying. Ducky's fully crying yes. like, in this moment. <laughs> Like, Imagine jump. putting that much effort into this role. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's exactly my thoughts. And like, when he hops down, he's like, when he, yeah. The girl who said no to him every day, yeah, has yeah, kissed yeah, someone no, else, yeah. and now he's sad. Now he's sad. Jody tells he's a delusional man. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> he generally thought what he was doing was slowly chipping away at her <laughs> until oh, she said yes. I'll break her down until she <laughs> says yes. She's a shell of a woman. <laughs> Gen- genuinely. Bunk beds? Is he not a <laughs> oh, the child? bunk beds are amazing. I thought he was a single child. Yeah, they were yeah. brought for the foreign exchange student. Yeah, no, like, but like, why did they have bunk beds? Bunk beds? Like, yeah, that's spare change to them. They're rich. Spare change. 
This is but why did he have you. a bunk bed? <laughs> why did he not have a bunk bed with like a desk underneath it and a TV? Or a sofa. Or a sofa. That pulled out that into pulled the bed. Out. It's, it's a proper bunk bed bunk bed. But did they buy the bunk bed specifically for Stig? And if so, did they install the bed whilst he was at school? <laughs> I can one promise day. you right now, whether Sam Wolfson is a man or an AI, he didn't think twice about those fucking bunk beds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jody tells Frida that she kissed Stig and uh, she's really happy about it. She Jody loves the new Jody. <laughs> did we mention the part where Jody slaps Harper in the face for eating carbs? I guess a little later on. Is it? But that does happen. I don't think I have it in my notes, but it does happen. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was slightly before this. <laughs> okay. So Jodie gets home. Harper's eating carbs. So she slaps around the face. She's like, it's, the biggest, it's the biggest build-up to the worst slap I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. It, like, fully drum rolls up and we all know where it's going. And, like, you almost see the hand come back. I mean, it's just like a little... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god what if you've left a bruise I've got yeah. the big dance tomorrow which is valid really you know it's a bit it is I'm just yeah, a she she's horrible she is horrible but she um should, she should have cried those like it sounded little but big tall girl slaps decapitated but this is where in my notes I finally was like what film is Sabrina Carpenter in <laughs> Why is she on a complete other level to everyone else? Well, Schnipper, um, now because uh, Jody's wearing a bit of makeup, he thinks she is the hottest thing he's ever seen. Like He is the girl, head over heels in love with her. The girl who he pranked called the night before. Yeah. And has done nothing but insult. Uh-huh. Yeah. The, the film that he, uh, The film... The girl that he has been bullying mm-hmm. for seemingly a very long time based completely on her appearance. Yeah. 100% based on her appearance, he has bullied her. And suddenly she puts some makeup on and all that's out the window. Mm -hmm. Mm. And there's no comment on that, though. There's no no comment on the fact that this guy is an absolute dick. Yeah. You know, and he doesn't get his... And I think it's a problem because he doesn't get his comeuppance in the end. No. Really. And neither does Kimmy, even though could be said that she's not as bad as the film makes out mm-hmm. but they don't get their comeuppance it's just like well that's it you know okay lesson learned round of applause yeah, yeah. you know well Farida tries to say like you shouldn't go out with him because he's been so horrible yeah. for so long but then she's just like you don't get it like, uh-huh. I don't care and it's like she's the voice of reason and yet she's mm. like shot down mm-hmm. yeah yeah, Steve invites uh, Dunkerman to have lunch with him and the popular kids and makes him do Gordon Ramsay impressions for them it was painful to see. Oh, it's so bad. It's... I mean, I spent a lot of this film watching through my fingers of how cringy it is. But I feel that... like, yeah, I feel that like Griffin cool. Gluck did it on set once, and they were like, "Oh, should we put that in the film? Yeah, should we write yeah. that in?" The worst English accent you've ever heard in your life. <laughs> no effort to sound like Gordon Ramsay at all. No. He does another impression. Who's the other impression he did? Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart. Oh, which God. is oh wow, that's yeah, that's questionable. I didn't even notice that. No, he tries to do a Kevin Hart impression, but it ends up doing a Matthew McConaughey impression. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, he feels the need to tell us that the... um, What's the famous Matthew McConaughey thing? Apparently, Kevin Hart did that first. Oh, okay. So his impression of Kevin Hart is technically a Matthew McConaughey impression. Yes. But he feels the need to tell everyone 
Just so Netflix the don't Kevin Hart did it first. <laughs> he also does a Gordon Ramsay impression, and then gets a girl from all of this. He does, yeah. And this is complete. This is AI. Well, this is completely. <laughs> she sort of irrational. It was she... like well, well, the AI threw in the ghost reference for from earlier. They were like, right, who else is popular? Oh <laughs> yeah, who does Gen Gordon Z Ramsay. love? Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> Right next into the alphabetical list of pop culture references, yeah. there, was, there was Ghost, and then Gordon Ramsay came immediately <laughs> afterwards. Uh, Jody gets angry at Dunkerman when he tells her that he encouraged Steak to focus on his relationship with Kimmy, and to great hilarity, crashes his bike into a car whilst they're talking. Yeah, this girl that he gets... Oh, because he says, Liz. oh, you're going to get hurt, and then hurts in his Yeah, yeah. 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 Which is great for the trailer. Classic, Perfect yeah. for the trailer. Doesn't the trailer work in the film. He shat yeah. himself once he's fallen over. That would have been good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Liz, she's got thick rim glasses, isn't she? Yeah. And she's gluten free. Yes. So they're a match made in heaven. They are. <laughs> um, Schnipper gets Kimmy to ask Jodie to join them for an escape room activity. And Frida, this is the point where Frida's like, why on earth would you want to go out with him? Like, after he's bullied you so much, like, oh, you don't get it. And then that's it. She just ditches her. He ditches a concert she was going to with Frida to hang out with her bullies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And literally she says to her, you know, if you're not going to have my back, I suggest you keep your opinions to yourself. <laughs> in the escape room, they kiss in couples, Jody and Schnipper, Kimmy and Steak, and Duncan and Liz, until Jody gets frustrated and leaves. So all escape rooms have... Obviously, security cameras. Yeah. Imagine being the person working in the escape room. <laughs> just looking, they're all just like making out with each other. Like, they're looking at each other. Yeah. Yeah. They're all just open the, the door the and like, stop that right now. Get off the furniture, please. Yeah. <laughs> Get the keys in the corner. Just, just, just grab it, please. But even the escape room's fucking massive because yeah. every single... The chandelier. <laughs> there escape is a chandelier. House. It's an escape house. Yeah, they go in through the front door. There's not even like they literally come off in off the yeah. street, open the front door. There's that guy who we all thought was Nick Cage coming in, <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, "Oh, come in, children!" And then they're like, "No, we've done it before." Drop the act, and then they go through the whole house. Yeah. Very uh, because he's very jealous. Steve talks to Jody and agrees to go on a date to Harper's pageant competition. So, Jodie waits with her parents at a pageant for Stig to show up. Yes, that's correct. She organised to go on a date with him, with her parents there. Like, she does no favours for herself at mm-hmm. all. You imagine if he did show up. Like, oh, great. What a great first date. I like when the parents, like, look at each other and go, with her and I, Yeah. I like, they're, they're buzzing off it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm sure her dad had other ideas for him. Um, more sinister ideas. <laughs> she, uh... Yeah, Harper wins, but Steak doesn't turn up. And we get a scene in the car where it's really silent. Then all of a sudden, Harper's like, In your face, Miss Teen Shabberport! <laughs> Shredport, whatever. And then she sneezes, the great hilarity. And uh, then the dad is like, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill that guy. Nobody stands at my daughter. Nobody! Which, the which... Unhinged moment of the film. <laughs> Which starts off, short mental angry which starts off as like, I'm, I'm angry my daughter's being so who's this guy, you should probably drop him, and then goes into a full rant about how yeah. he's going to kill him, about how he's going to run him over, <laughs> how he's going to like put his foot down on the gas if he sees him. And like, it all of a sudden like stops being cutesy dad mode, 
and all of a sudden becomes actual serial killer. Yeah. Gonna kill someone. Mm. And Steve say I never played a serial killer because be really good at it. <laughs> I love how during the pageant Harper stops midway during her speech <laughs> when she realises that Steve isn't there. Where is he? She moves the mic and my mouth yeah. to each other. He's not here. Where is he? Like no way. Looking. Guys, she still Anyway, I feel like you should all vote for me. <laughs> and then she starts screaming because Ryan Felipe is being killed in the background. <laughs> <laughs> At Duncanman's party, Stieg explains that he lost track of time. And Duncanman rejects Liz when she asks him to the homecoming dance. She asks if he's going to wait the rest of his life until he's Jody's type. I mean, why would someone do that? No, he confirms he plans on doing it. Not just wait, he's going to bug her. Yeah. He's going to try and get in the way of her other relationships mm. until she finally says yes. Uh-huh. Jodie goes home, storms into her room. Her dad knocks on the door. He's like, hey, I love you. Uh, I'm not going to do anything to upset you. Come out now. And again, he sounds like he's going to murder her. He sounds like he's luring her out and he's going to kill her. But he, yeah, he's a knob, but seemingly... His heart's in the right place. Is it? For, from a, for a serial From killer, the yeah. AI's <laughs> perspective. This is, the AI's trying to make this a moment where he's being very supportive. Like everybody else in her life is being incredibly supportive. Apart from what, two or three bullies. But everybody else is telling her how wonderful and beautiful and fantastic she is. And um, she just, she hears what she wants to hear. Yeah. In uh, a bizarre series of events, he goes downstairs. He ponders playing the piano. Oh God! And then <laughs> he's very expensive-looking grand piano. He then sits down, starts playing the piano. She, Jody, slowly walks down the stairs and approaches him, <laughs> sits down, and joins him for a duet with her head on his shoulder. Whilst her mum stands in the doorway and watches them. It is the wankiest thing I've ever seen. I'm not a dry eye in a house. Beautiful <laughs> <laughs> moment. Definitely needed the big booming footsteps downstairs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here she comes. <laughs> Duncanman now with a black eye walks into Jodie's room while she's sleeping and strokes her face. Which causes her to wake up and hit him in the front. <laughs> Which just oh, yeah. it sounds like Gary made that up, but it's actually true. Yeah. That is what happens. That no, actually happens. <laughs> he gives Jody ugly platform heels from a drag queen store called Screen Queens. They're not ugly. To apologise for being a bad friend. The problem is they're not the ugly. Heels. But when she wears spoiler alert, when she wears them, it's obvious that he hasn't seen the outfit. Yeah. So they don't match the <laughs> outfit that she wears. They're a very strange pair of shoes to buy as a first pair of heels. Yeah. yeah. They look like a disco ball. They're huge. Yes. They're not just little heels. They're platform stilettos. And she walks in them perfectly. First yeah. time as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's... I mean, they, they, they are drag queen shoes. They are. Yeah. <laughs> they, they are. Um, but I'm sure there were maybe more plain heels he could have bought her uh -huh. I mean, just a simple red maybe just or... a simple red just a simple just red just a classic heel a classic court shoe is all that was needed or a white a white stripper heel you know something yeah. like that but he went for disco ball realness mm -hmm. <laughs> Jodie <There we> <laughs> she's then sent a video with different angles and editing 
Um, someone went to <laughs> high production value for this video. And um, from after she left the party, it turns out Steek pretended that Jody had an unrequited love for him and says he stood her up. Dunkerman gets his black eye when he and Schnipper have a fist fight after he tries hitting Steeg with the milk crate. He throws the milk crate at her. He does, and he tells everyone how amazing Jody is. But after watching this, Jody's like, wow, he's uh, made it all about me too. And she's all sad. She looks herself in the mirror she looks at herself in the mirror whilst stand tall by voila and Jody herself, Ava Michelle, Ooh. plays in the background. And yes, it is a song about being tall. Yeah. yeah. Which I'm glad we finally get, because we knew it was going to happen. <laughs> uh, I didn't realise she was going to sing it, so props to her. Um, <laughs> what? It was his reasons for loving her, both when he's talking to her in her room and at the party when he says that uh, she sits up front with the Uber driver because she doesn't want him to be lonely. <laughs> She's very condescending. Why are we assuming Uber drivers are lonely? <laughs> she's she's that person that talks to the Uber driver and the Uber, Uber driver. driver she's up. reading a book right now. Yeah. She, <laughs> oh yeah. Do you even know the colour of her eyes? And it, do you know that she's reading through a list of books to read before she turns 21? <laughs> No, she's got a scratch off. Why would they know that? If I was defending Gary, do you know that he has a uh, poster of 100 films to watch before he dies? Did you know that? Well, at the homecoming dance, Kimmy and Ad as well. Sorry, something I noted when she rewinds on this video that was sent to her phone. (laughs) It makes the noise like a VHS being rewound. <laughs> Which, if that's an actual thing you could have, I would like to know how you can get that on your phone. So I'd like to, I would like that. I didn't notice that. But I wish I had. Yeah. At the home have to watch it again tonight. So. Uh, well, let's not. Um. Yeah. There's a sequel. Glutton for punishment over here. At the homecoming dance, Kimmy and Steve are crowned homecoming queen and king. But he breaks up with her. And I shit you not, Jodie arrives in the ugly high heels, Duncan, the ones that Duncanman gave her, and a, the hideous blue suit with ruffles from earlier in the film. The big reveal finally happens, and it is fucking disappointing. <laughs> she walks onto the stage, snatches the microphone, and says, You may know me as Amazon, or Godzilla, or Jodie the Green Giant. Yes, you may know that I'm really tall, but I don't want it to define my whole life. I'm so much more than just a tall girl. I'm a best friend. I'm smart. I'm fun. I make mistakes. I kissed a guy who had a girlfriend. I play piano and I'm really good at it. Keep asking me what the weather like. weather's like up here because the weather's pretty fucking great. I wish she said it like that. You did that way more justice than she did. She comes through and like they've definitely dropped the mic a little bit for her before she gets up there. Just like she's, she's picking it. Over. Yeah, she's like fully yeah. bending it over from a way. She picks it up. Yeah. <laughs> Steeg was there before. Like he's a tall guy. Like this yeah. is the whole idea. Yeah. He's the same height as her. But it's, number one, it's the assumption that everybody in the room cares what she has to say. <laughs> No, nobody no asked for it. Nobody asked for that. Nobody had. Everyone was just having a good time, and then all of a sudden, 
And she comes marching through. <laughs> really I'm tall, guys. Get over it. <laughs> and also really intelligent. Really yeah, but beautiful. also I've read a book. I'm fantastic. So... I sit in the front seat of Uber Drive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so wonderful. My parents are rich. I know the piano. You don't. How many chandeliers do you have? <laughs> yeah. Mic drop. And then leaves. And then leaves. And then leaves. I mean, yeah, Mortal doesn't even stay around to mingle. Yeah. She walks into that room for that one speech and then leaves. Yeah, gets aroused round of applause yeah, everyone's there's a bit where there's, there's one of the girls up front who's like mouth like a gape clapping like it's the best she's ever seen. Like... <laughs> but the whole i feel like the whole film like i said earlier the whole film was meant to be about her changing her attitude and how she feels about herself despite what others think but her rousing speech has changed what others think yeah. So what was the point? Mm-hmm. Her friend was going around telling everyone to fuck off anyway. Yeah. Which seemingly worked at the beginning as well, because mm-hmm. that guy backed off real quick. Mm-hmm. So why has everybody else changed? Why is it that she gets a, a rousing round of applause? And it's not the fact that people in the room are still knobheads, and mm-hmm. there still are going to be knobheads. Because, spoiler alert for the sequel the trailers and the film is all about how popular she is now. yeah yeah when it really should be about her embracing the fact that she's not popular yeah you know yeah it's it should have been that there was a better reason for her to end up on stage in the first place yeah like a car- carry moment minus the yeah. carnage at the end but she gets made fun of and then she calls everyone out in the room and tells them how awful they are and they're like oh She's actually, I'm an amazing person. I do this and I'm more than this. That's what it should have been. Mm-hmm. Not just showing up and telling everyone how amazing you are and fucking off again. <laughs> yeah. Like, in her weird horse outfit. Like, <laughs> honestly, that was the worst outfit reveal yeah. I've ever seen in my life. And she was like, oh, this is so me. But she never wears anything else like that in the film. No. She wears boiler no. suits and yeah. double denim. I liked that it was a suit. And like I said, when we were watching it, you know, if Gwendolyn Christie had worn it, it would have looked fantastic. It just didn't suit her. It ate, I felt like it aged her terribly. It yeah. wasn't... Oh, it was an awful suit. And it the was. Victorian ruffles and, yeah. like, necks. I don't know what they're called. It's not a tie or a cravat. It's, like, the string with the big thing on it. I don't know what it was. And then her hairstyle, everything. And then the drag queen heels. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it did, did not matter. It was the a terrible outfit. look. Which is actually quite a good bit of realism because he wouldn't know what the outfit looked like. Yeah. When he bought the heels, he wouldn't say, you know, oh, I hope stretch. I hope she's wearing a powder blue suit with ruffles because his heels would go really well with that. Well, Stieg asks her out. He is mind blown by that speech and that outfit, but she rejects him, and instead she goes home to talk to Dunkelman and tells him he's now the perfect boyfriend because he gave a speech about how great she is and got a black eye for it. And he finally reveals why he always carries a milk crate. He stands on it and leans in to kiss her. Yes, he carried it around with him just on the off chance that she might want to kiss him someday. What a sad act. And that is so tall creepy. girl. It's very creepy. That is tall that girl. That is just pathetic. <laughs> Bloody milk crate. And that was the payoff. Yeah. I yeah. thought when he threw it at someone, I was like, oh, that's the payoff of the milk crate. But no. <laughs> And it's, it's that John Hughes thing where 
the, the creepy, the weird guy doesn't actually get the girl in a lot of those films. Because mm. he is creepy and he is weird. Yeah. And she trusted her initial instincts where that they should just be friends. Whereas I feel like they're trying to have a moment that goes against that and says, oh, maybe the dork can get the girl. Mm-hmm. But the problem is the dork is a fucking creepazoid. Yeah. Yeah. And shouldn't get the girl. Now, she's also a dickhead, so maybe they're a match. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're both assholes. But I feel like this film is trying to teach lessons, but it gets so muddled and it's so clunky that by the end you're like, eh? mm-hmm. what are you what are you trying to tell me here? It just shows everyone up as being shallow because if that was the only thing that was stopping her from being with him, mm. then she's awful. Yeah. Yeah. And then the fact that he only wants to kiss her by standing on something and being taller than her is shallow in itself, to be honest, because the, the moral of the story should have been that she shouldn't have been scared to kiss him and him being so short against her. Yeah. Embracing a high again. But the only thing that... The whole film happened because she thought he was too short. Yeah. When she was so upset that everyone thought she was too tall. But she was ex- as just as bad as everyone else. That all this messaging is just proving how... Oh, they are yeah, people. yeah. It's so They're badly written. It's badly written, badly directed, badly acted. It's just an absolute. The entire film's a mess. It's yeah, and also it, it ends on a visual gag about how tall she is. Yeah. When really, why didn't they just kiss whilst they were sitting down, or you know, why didn't she just lean down and they kissed? Yeah, that's an that should be an empowering moment. Yeah, yeah. Because it doesn't matter. But it's a a visual gag. Mm-hmm. It's like. You're kind of laughing at them yeah. at the end. Yeah. Because it's the big reveal about the milk crate and how silly the milk crate was. Yeah. I mean, I'm usually a fan of milk crate gags, but this isn't <laughs> the one. But it plays into the like the camera trickery as well with how big they make the height difference. Yeah. They make them seem like two feet apart and then mm. the milk crate is only yay high, but then when he stands on it, he's suddenly massive yeah. against her. <laughs> yeah. And it's yeah, the law of the, the physics involved in that is completely off as well. Stig involved. Yeah. The scientist Stig. Yeah. <laughs> I just I just think it's not really a film. I think it's just it's just a paint by numbers algorithm. Lowest common denominator. Lowest common denominator. Lowest common there's so many it's like you were saying with some of the references they put so much effort into mm. some of these references that it's like they really think they're saying something but, poignant mm, here yeah, but yeah. Again, but in, like some of the references it's just like they're just it's just in there because it's it just seems like the right thing to do almost but it, then it comes like, off as really yeah, offensive like, yeah. <laughs> and like they, they just I don't know it's like they, it's levelling her struggles in air yeah. quotes mm. with that of like real awful yeah. things yeah. yeah she like it's like the beginning when she's saying to her mum like you don't know adversity like she does like she doesn't know any adversity because the only thing that she has against her is a couple of extra inches like it's it really like what's the word diminishes real struggles yeah. <laughs> that they try yeah. and put in the film it's really bad because if she was also, you know, if she was physically attacked and it, it, if 
her being tall was what the bullies had latched onto, but had taken it too far. Yeah. You know, in terms of that's it kind of started with the tall thing, but then became physical bullying and, you know, really intense. Mm. Then it would have worked a lot better. But they don't. But they don't. So it is just kind of jokes at her expense. And that's kind of it. And this has com- what completely ruined her life and completely ruined her future and her ability to play the piano. She hasn't played the piano in ages. Well, it's really, really good. Uh, <laughs> despite not having played for a long time. I, d- I don't really know how that works. But if you're out of practice, you probably shouldn't be that good straight away. Uh, but it- it's it kind of makes... It kind of makes the point invalid mm. because of everything else yeah when it, it maybe could have gone heavier on the subject mm-hmm. matter yeah and i think that would have worked better yeah agreed it is easily amongst the best the best the worst films oh. i've just tricked <laughs> wow. into believing it was good yeah, the, the, the worst out, the it? worst films i've discussed it's all right gary you can be your own person if you enjoy <laughs> so it just tell done us. a george well, there one of the best s- things we've <laughs> ever seen we still have to give it awards so <laughs> get into the awards biggest queen i i mean it's gonna be farida Farida for me. What was it? The sister. Who was the sister? Harper. 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 I'm giving it Harper. (laughs) Blindfolded knife throwing. Yeah. Queen behaviour. Just the the shouting at any given opportunity. (laughs) You drop it now. Biggest gasp. I have the tip topper sequence. Like the, the whole idea of that was just bizarre to me. I put every time the camera angle made Jodie look like the Empire State Building. <laughs> Mine is the dad not caring about making her his child infertile because she's not yeah. quite tall. Yeah. Uh, biggest gasp was the painting reveal. <laughs> yeah, uh, best dialogue. I'm not repeating it, but the entire self-centered speech at the end. I mean, come on. Only an AI can write something like that. I agree, but specifically, keep asking me how the weather is up here because the weather is pretty great. I, I agree with you. On I that. actually really like. And that. I, yeah. I, I, I hope I some at some point in my life I get to drop it. All <laughs> yeah. uh, is it yours as well, Kim? Yeah, yeah, gotta agree there. And that's camp. Um, I'm gonna give it to all of Harper's line delivery. It's the only camp thing in the film for me. Yeah, when she's on the stairs and her. Way too tight red dress. Yeah. I feel like they're trying to do a bit of a sunset boulevard there as well. <laughs> oh, she's yeah. like, darling. Yeah. It was, oh, God. Oh, God, the references <laughs> Pretty sure there was a Citizen Kane one at one point. <laughs> What's your... That's um, I put her outfit's big reveal. <laughs> I mean, ruffles, powder blue suit, it's camp. I'm gonna say the moment they real like they reveal that um, Stieg's gonna be living with him, and he pops up from the. They're <laughs> <laughs> almost like, hey, like the mum's picking him up. I mean, it's almost like he's got the seat put back. The way he just reveals uh-huh. himself <laughs> is one of the best reveals. What were they getting up to in that car? I know. <laughs> yeah. uh, for ratings, I give it one unasked for self-centered speech out of ten. I gave it one chandelier out of ten. One milk crate out of ten. 
Okay. <laughs> There's a very obvious one. There's a very obvious one. Which is the one I'm missing? It's regarding being tall. <laughs> one cloud out of, <laughs> <laughs> out of ten. <laughs> You, you searched eBay yet. for it. Oh, one tip topper hat. <laughs> <laughs> 24 tip topper hats. <laughs> Masterpiece, trash piece, trash or basic? It is trash. Absolute trash. 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 One of the worst films I've ever seen in my life. And if you want to witness it for yourself, it's available on Netflix. Don't. And if you enjoyed this, I recommend checking out Do Revenge, a John Hughes throwback that actually does it right. If you enjoyed this, without for scene two, uh, <laughs> scene two. I was say, if you enjoyed it, go to therapy. Yeah. Please, this is awful. If you enjoyed this, I suggest checking out Love Simon because it's another film about a privileged white person whose big issue isn't really a big issue and refuses well, to. Wow, I mean, being well, gay is a pretty big issue yeah, in the closet. Kind wow. of, kind of. Someone had an easy experience when they were younger. If you watch Love, Simon, though, everyone around him is incredibly supportive and incredibly rich and incredibly good looking. Um, but it's a great film. But I do. <laughs> I, I'm 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 right. I'm right. Chris, on this Chris had a one. lovely upbringing. Um, no troubles in school. <laughs> and so did Simon in Love Simon. Exactly. That's my problem. <laughs> Anyone got any recommendations? Um, if you enjoyed this, watch King Kong because it's just a story. <laughs> oh it's a story about someone who just wants to be loved despite the fact yeah. that they're just a bit oh. too big. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe Frankenstein. Frankenstein. <laughs> Any of the early Godzilla films. Yes. You know, where, but they, also, where they frame the guy in a suit like they frame her in this film. Instead of watching this, just watch Pretty in Pink. Yes. Yes. Yeah, of course. The film that this was trying to be. If for some reason you enjoyed this film, talk to us on social media. We're horror culture. No, 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 no. If you enjoyed this film, don't talk to us. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're also Horacult Trash on Twitter. I'm dead at Gaz92 on Letterboxd, Gazmo205 on Instagram, and GazCruise92 on Twitter. I am Chris Barker823 on Instagram and Letterboxd. And um, we mention it every week, and I now have my festival co director in the room with me. Kim is my festival co director. Check out Gasp Horror Festival taking place in June. We are Gasp Horror Fest across all social media. And uh, if you enjoyed us talking shit about this film today, then give us a rate review and subscribe on iTunes, like a thought on everything else. George and Kim, what do you have to plug? Um, I'll plug my Instagram, which is at tipsy underscore flicks, which is flicks L F L I X with an X. You sure? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, my Instagram is at kims.cinema.escape and my left box is k underscore cinema underscore escape. <laughs> I never remember it because I couldn't do my full Instagram because I was a long person. There's, someone but there's a link on my Instagram. <laughs> George, is there no specific films you want to promote at all? Any specific films I want no, to No, not like a film involving four older ladies. 80 for Brady out on DVD tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> you should be getting paid for this promotion. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going straight down to Fox. I mean, I hope it's not a lie. If it's getting released on DVD tomorrow, I will be buying it. I will be buying it. A tipsy flicks pairing very, very soon. For the <laughs> when are you joining here. the queue? I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm literally leaving here. I imagine it's going to be right around the block. 
I did. I did. It, it went through my head. Maybe I should go camp out and just be like, because no one else is going to do it. But just be camped there in the morning when they open up. I can get the eighty for Brady in. Then Tom whole, Brady like, will do a film about you. Yeah, yeah. That's true. He'll give you cancer. In oh the no! Oh my yeah. goodness! <laughs> How a film saved a man. 30, Thirty for eighty for Brady. <laughs> Well, thank you both for joining us. It is thank you. Thank you for us. bringing this film into our lives. Are you sure you don't hate me? <laughs> no, no, because it gave us a lot to talk about. It's like one of our longest single film episodes. So. Yeah, there's that a lot. It's a awful, podcast awful film. film, but so much to discuss. Yes. So I'm glad it was a... That said, you <laughs> never get to pick the film again. <laughs> I know. Yeah, we've got to let George pick next time. So, 80 for uh, Brady. You're all ready. Next week, we'll be back with Double Episode Week, and on Tuesday, we're discussing Bratz the Movie, also on Netflix. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then on Friday, we'll be discussing our latest original versus remake episode. It'll be The Omen. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. From what I the remember. Mia Farrow. Yeah. Yeah. Why Mia Farrow? Because she's the most people, memorable thing about that remake. all the people in both those films... Why is it Mia Farrow that you've clung on to? Because she gives a 10 out of 10 performance in a 6 out of 10 film. <laughs> I haven't six, seen the six, remake. 6 out of 10, six, Gary. 6 out of 10. <laughs> Who is she in the remake? The nanny. Ah, I was going to say, yeah. isn't it Julia Stiles? Julia Stiles, yeah. 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 She's good. She's good in it. Yeah. But yes, not to give her any spoilers about what I know, we think yeah. about it. We'll be back. Ta- tacked on second episode. Should we just talk about the end right now? Yeah. <laughs> We'll be back same time, same place next week. Bye. Bye. Ta-ra.